grossly underestimate their physical abilities. I think we are both underestimated by other people and we underestimate our own abilities. And I think sometimes if we just give something a try, whether we think we can do it or not, we surprise ourselves. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if I can do that, then what else can I do? And I think that's a pretty important point to make. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Jessica Bannister. She is a level three HVAC apprentice at her family's company, Cam Cool Refrigeration, in Vancouver, where they specialize in commercial and industrial HVAC. She is the current president of Women in HVAC Canada. Jessica wishes to bring more awareness to women in the trades and encourage young people to consider it as a career option. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Todd. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love uh, having conversations with, with people out in the field, actually doing the, the hard work of <laughs> construction. So thanks for, for taking the time and, and coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what made you want to go into the, the family business? Well, my brother and my dad have always been, have worked together for a long, long time. And I had an opportunity to work with them at the family business, but I started off in the office because that's where my, my skills and my knowledge and expertise were. So I spent about nine months in the office for CamCool until I, I spoke to my dad one day and I said, you know, I'm having a really hard time with some of the jargon, some of the words that you guys use in this industry. And I'm having a hard time quoting and invoicing. And not only that, but you two come back from your days in the field with all these stories of these adventures that you've been on and these interesting places you'd seen and problems you'd solved for people. And I just get to sit here behind a desk all day. So can I come with you? Can I come with you on a ride along to see what your day-to-day -day looks like? Uh, maybe put some names to some, some things that I've seen. And I enjoyed my my day trips with them so much that I found myself squirreling away all of my admin work, my bookkeeping for evenings and weekends, which I still do, by the way. Um, but I found myself wanting to be out of the office more than in the office. So I decided, you know, if I'm spending all that time out there, I might as well doing, be doing this officially. So I applied for an apprenticeship here in British Columbia. And that was probably about three years ago and no looking back. So Jessica, what's something that you, you wished you knew before you, you really entered the industry? I, I know you had the, the experience yeah. with, with the family, you got the, the office side, but before you, you became an apprentice, what's something you wish you knew? Um, to be honest, today, I wish I knew how hard it was to be an HVAC uh, technician in summer. <laughs> I know that probably sounds kind of crazy, but for about nine months of the year, we've got a, like our job generally is quite, um, it's a little bit dangerous and it's quite difficult, but in summertime, it's a whole different beast because everything that you do in summertime in the heat just takes so much more energy and effort. Like just getting your supplies and equipment up onto the roof when you're, where you're doing your job takes all of your effort and then you have to do the job and then you get to pack it all up and then take it back down to your truck. So it takes a yeah. lot out of you, but I think 
one of the big things that I wish I knew bef known before was that I think women and people grossly underestimate their physical abilities. I think we are both underestimated by other people and we underestimate our own abilities. And I think sometimes if we just give something a try, whether we think we can do it or not, we surprise ourselves. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if I can do that, then what else can I do? And I think that's a pretty important point to make. Yeah. So that, that heat is, is uh, a real thing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm here in Atlanta. And so, you know, August in Atlanta is beautiful outside, but tremendously hot. <laughs> you are in an oven. Uh, so I yeah, get especially that. on a rooftop, it's kind of like a, down. on a tar rooftop. Oh right? man. <laughs> or a pebbly rooftop. Those steps are, yeah. every step takes an effort. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> uh, so kind of drilling into the, uh, just kind of the, the human nature of kind of doubting your abilities. Why do you think that a, that is the case and, and, and B, uh, you, you know, why, why do women maybe doubt themselves coming into the construction industry with the, the physical ability? Well, I think construction jobs or careers have generally always been male dominated. And I think mm -hmm. there's a certain um, sort of stigma around that, whereas you need to be a big, strong man to do that kind of job. Even like if you think of plumbers, you know, the whole plumbers crack thing. And like, that's not that's not how it is anymore, how the trades that they've, they've changed. Like mm -hmm. they're very inclusive and um, well, even the way that I present myself, like I present myself in a very like professional way. I dress in a certain way and I pre present myself in a certain way. And it's not the old dirty, burly guy anymore with the big beard and their maybe tattoos or whatever. But um, times are changing and these are becoming actual real awesome jobs and opportunities for anybody who is willing to go into the trades. Yeah. What are some of the, the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in your trades journey so far? Well, I feel like I'm a little bit sheltered from the real trades world because I work with my family, with my, my dad and my brother. So I think whether we know it or not, they're always kind of got my back. So I haven't had mm -hmm. to really deal with a whole lot of um, like difficulties in, in my journey. Um, I, I laugh sometimes people offer to carry my tool bag and I think that's kind of funny. I'm like, I got this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think people still kind of assume that the trades are a, like a lesser class or maybe a second choice. Whereas going through trade school right now, I know it's it's not easy. It is definitely not like the easy way out by any means. So, mm -hmm. and I think, again, I think the whole mindset around the trades is shifting. It's a slow shift, but I think it is happening um, and it needs to happen because there is that that gap coming up that, that like skills shortage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. W one of the kind of soapbox topics of, of mine uh, of late is this kind of blue collar, white collar divide. I would argue needless divide. And yeah. you, you mentioned that the careers often can seem like it's the, the second career option yeah. in just kind of everyday cultural components of it, uh, which is, it's really interesting and, and kind of honestly frustrating for me to see that kind of stigmatism and uh, the the perception of it when 
really the the reality is it, it's still I heard a stat the other day that only um, like 35, 40 percent max are going to college. So the majority of people are not going down that road mm-hmm. and the trades are uh, you can't run an economy. You can't run civilization without the trades in it. Exactly. It, it just seems so perplexing to me that it doesn't get the the due respect over the last several decades that it it really deserves and its place in <laughs> in society <laughs> that it demands. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, go for it. Why do you think that there's still this uh, kind of stigmatism uh, attached yeah. with the trades? Yeah. I honestly, I don't know, but I think that what when we're trying to recruit for the trades, I think we need to be speaking to really young kids. I think high school is is too too far now. I think it's it, that's too old. We need to be speaking to younger kids, but not only that, but we need mm-hmm. to be speaking to their parents as well because I think it's that's where the hang up is still. My our generation, we were always pushed to go to university, and I think that is still the number one pri- primary push at school. They're pushing colleges and universities rather than trade schools. Um, and, and all that comes with going to university, you know, you always usually come out with student debt and maybe not the job that you went to school for. But I think it's really, we got to start with the schools, the young kids and the parents to show them that these are lucrative, challenging, rewarding careers for anybody to, to pursue. And just like you said, I mean, we're, we're basically building the backbone of society. You can't run a server room without, you know, coolers. Mm -hmm. It it just doesn't work. Society doesn't work without us skilled trades. So, and it's hard too, because once, you know, recruiting is one thing and then retention is another thing. I was speaking to a young girl recently. She went through this pre-apprenticeship program where they're exposed to a variety of different trades in the hopes that one will spark their interest and they will pursue that as a career. And so she really enjoyed some sheet metal stuff. She got an apprenticeship with a local company. She was there for a few weeks and then she quit because she was given a hard time. And maybe that's a little bit on her as well. Like you've got to have a bit of a thick skin sometimes, but if we're not making it inclusive and welcoming and like encouraging for these people to continue, then like, well, what's the point? What's the point in even recruiting them if they're not going to stay? So, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. hard. Uh, how would you advise women like what you just described and, and just young people in general mm-hmm. uh, coming and, and looking into the trades? How, how would you advise them? What should they what should they be prepared for? What should they how should they think through that decision to come into the trades? Well, I do keep saying that the trend is changing. I think the, the general shift mind shift is changing. It is a slow change. I would say keep in mind that you're always going to have a bad seed, regardless of where you go or are. There's going to be somebody that's going to undermine you or just try to challenge you in strange ways. But if you can just realize that that is not the norm anymore, it's not the trend, it's not the general accepted way anymore. Um, My advice to this particular girl, I would say find a different company find someone else to be an apprentice an apprentice for because your experience may be completely different and then you may continue going on to have this amazing rewarding career that you hope to have but instead now she's pulled back and she's enrolled in a marketing program that starts in September and it's like a little bit sad to hear that that's 
that's what she's done, what she's decided to do because of one experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think putting it into perspective that I, I like what you said of there's, there's going to be a bad seed <laughs> everywhere. You know, it's, it's just part of life dealing with people. There's, there's going to be people that are jerks, <laughs> you know, no you matter what field you're in, no matter what career, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's jerks people out there, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I think putting that in, don't let one bad apple kind of ruin your, your perception of an entire industry is, is good advice exactly. there for sure. And, and then it takes a grit. There's a, a huge grit component with any industry, but I feel like it's, you especially have to be gritty yeah. in, in construction and in the trades. It's unfortunate, um, but it's, and, that's the reality of it. But what I think is cool right now is social media. I think it's just opening our eyes to a whole world that we didn't know of before. And maybe, hmm, maybe not glamorizing, but for sure, like making these, these careers a little bit glamorous, like, especially with yeah. the guys that real, they, they take real pride in their, in their craft and they show off like what they've done. And it's like, okay, well, if, you know, they take such pride and, and stuff in, in their career, like maybe that's what I want to do as well. And I think, I think yeah. social media has done a really good thing for the trades. Hey, innovators, is there a way to prepare your company for successful implementation of technological innovation? After over 115 episodes talking with some of the best minds in the construction industry, the answer is a resounding yes. There are building blocks that you can put into place that will form the foundation for your company to successfully implement technology. I have compiled my thoughts from those conversations into a new ebook simply titled Foundational Building Blocks for Successful Tech Adoption. You can download the ebook for free at our website, bridgingthegappod.com. After you have, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. Oh, more than uh, agree with that. I think it's it's demystified yes. what goes on on a construction site because I another soapbox of mine, uh, sorry, regular listeners is I think there's a huge marketing problem yeah. in the construction industry. And what I mean by that is historically the construction industry hasn't done a good job at all at telling their story and telling their side of the story. They've left yeah. it up to other people to create Assume. this narrative around construction. Yeah. That's just not accurate. Nobody has any idea what really goes on on a job site unless you're in the construction world bubble and yeah. we don't do a good job of talking to people outside of our bubble and i think that's changing because of social media but it's a slow change uh and so it's we've let our, the narrative totally get away from us and we have to retake that back by telling the stories of what's going on absolutely i agree with that uh so kind of flipping it on the the perspective instead of coming from the, the individual approach how would you advise companies and and you know, just colleagues in, in general to make the industry more inviting to new people coming into the industry. Well, I think like they've got to they've got to compete with other industries, other um, like what do you call it? Like industries that people want to go into. Like I don't know what is mm -hmm. it. There's so I feel like the market is so saturated with people that are like financial advisors or you know people things like things like that, and it. I think there's a poll that you get to 
wear the suits and you get to go to the fancy dinners and, you know, schmooze with the people. And, and I think you need to kind of make that a little bit comparable with the trades. Like, why can't we have schmoozing networking nights with people that, you know, would help us in our industry, suppliers or, you know, stuff like that? Why can't we do yeah. fancy, I don't know, just make it more appealing and more inviting and, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's, yeah, I think do it's, a better job marketing the, the industry there. Yeah, huh? yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> just like what you just said. Um, because at the end of the day, I keep saying there are challenging, rewarding and lucrative careers. If you just had an inkling towards that. Um, yeah, let's go on like trips and conferences and yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all for that. So what made you decide to, to really put yourself out there and start telling your story, sharing your experiences in the trades on social media. What about that really kind of gripped you and pulled you in? Well, my aspect, sorry, I don't know if you can hear my cat, but she won't stop. (laughs) Um, Mine is definitely the woman perspective. So I'm really trying to push women and girls to get into these kinds of careers. And because my story is like this, my dad was always a refrigeration mechanic. He was an apprentice for his dad back in the 70s. And then my brother followed in his footsteps just very naturally. That's what he did right after high school. But it was never a consideration for me to do what my dad did. And he he never said, hey, Jess, come with me and see if you like this to do this as a career. And I never said to him, hey, dad, can I come with you and see what you do so I can, you know, see if I want to do that, too. And I honestly believe Mm -hmm. that it's because there's no representation. I've never seen a woman doing what my dad did. And I feel like if I had seen that, if I had had that kind of example in my in my mind, whether I had pursued HVAC or not, I would have had that consideration. I'd be like, yeah, that's something that I would like to do or decided, no, that isn't something that I would like to do. But instead, I did the, the general thing. I went to university and got my little office job. And this is my second career. So I... I just wish I had considered it when I was choosing a career. And now I could be at my age now, I could be so much more ahead in my career than I am. Like, it's so hard being an apprentice. I'll be 40 years old next year. And I'm like, I want to be like here in my career rather than at the bottom. So that's really my message is consider a career in the trades, in the skilled trades. And that's why I post so much on, on social media. I try to post every day in a different setting. This is what I'm doing today. Sometimes I'm covered in fil- filth and dirt and I'm tired. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just you know overcame that challenge or you know the most basic of things. And people, it resonates with people. Yeah. What do you think is behind the, the, the spark and the passion that you have for the trades? It's just that I'm enjoying it so much. Like I enjoy working with my hands so much and going to different places and seeing different things. And the variety in my day is amazing. And I love, I genuinely love my job. And I think that other people can have that feeling as well. If they just knew, I had no idea that this was an option for me or open to me. And I had no idea that I would enjoy it so much. So I'm like, if others can just consider it, you don't have to do it because HVAC or skill trades is not for everyone. That's 
when I first started, I was preaching that like everyone should try it. Now, again, going through a few summers, it's not for everyone. But <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back to reaching kids earlier, you know, even high school's too late. So, yeah. reaching middle school and elementary school kids, how do you kind of topple over the perception? of construction and the trades, not only with the kids, but, but with parents at, at that age and, and start changing uh, and opening people's eyes. There is a girl in, there's a lady in, I think she's in Toronto. Her name is Jamie McMillan. And she does this little like presentation to kids. She goes into schools and she does this presentation and she sits them all down. And, and the presentation is something like, can you see the lights there? They're you can see everyone's faces because of the lights there. And, be, and someone was, someone's job is to make the lights and someone's job is to make the lights work. And, and she talks to them in such a way where they're like, oh, like they start thinking about it. Like, oh, where does this floor come from? Where, you know, why, why am I not cold when it's cold outside? Um, and they just start to think in that kind of way. And I think that's very cool. Um, and they started to put on a few little workshops where they actually get to use their hands and, create this tiny little like circuit and and the light bulb goes off the battery connects to it and the mm -hmm. light bulb oh my goodness look what i did and i think we just got to get kids excited about it in a way that you know kids don't really think about trades they don't think about why the lights are on and why the water runs but if we can get them excited because they're curious right kids are very curious so let's feed that curiosity yeah, yeah for sure Making it real, practical, hands-on experience. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. And there's something. I mean, let's be real. There's something inherently just cool about watching a construction site as a kid. I have four kids of my own, and uh, my boys just love sitting in front of it. It mesmerizes my my girl to her attention span. She's <laughs> shorter than my boys. Oddly enough, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's like, oh, this is cool for five seconds. <laughs> uh, my, my oldest boy, he will sit for hours and hours. I mean, the, the other day we had a, uh, this is a total rabbit trail on the side. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> we had tree cutters come and they were taking down trees yeah. all day long. And he just literally sat at the window and didn't move for eight hours yeah. watching them take down the trees and like, daddy, why they're doing this rope. And like, he was so into all the the details of it and it was that's so cool so fun to to see him like sit down and be like yeah buddy this is why they're doing it like this is how they're going about it and they're working so hard and it's, yeah. uh it, I don't and know. then at the end it's of the, cool. the I, tree I think is, being able to expose them to yeah exactly and then at the end of the day right. the tree is gone in a safe way and something has been done you know yeah yeah and you can see and then you get to enjoy the space that you yeah. know we're putting in a, a trampoline in the backyard. So which why we had to take down some awesome. trees to, to get some space. But uh, anyway, he's, we love going to, to construction site. I think just exposing them to sites and, and seeing what is, is going on and uh, demystifying yeah. what happens in the industry is, is huge. Absolutely. It's a cool industry. It is. It really is. <laughs> uh, so you know, flash forward uh, a couple years, where do you think that the industry stands with, uh, you know, the, the people that are in the industry, how we're reaching new kind of 
fresh blood <laughs> to, to pull them into the industry. Where do you think all that stands? I think, like I said, I've said a few times throughout this interview, I, the, the landscape is changing. It's a slow change, but I really do think it's changing. And I think if we can just make these these careers more, um, like, I, I, really, I really do think it's changing. <laughs> and I think the more people that, you know, put themselves out there and speak out about, about taking on these careers, I think we're going to be in a good place. I think right now we are, I think the future is a little bit uncertain with that skills gap that it's, it's looming. Everyone's talking about it, but I think we are, I think we're pushing in the right direction that that's going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to get through that skills shortage. I think, um, I would like to continue being a spokesperson. Um, that's what I see for my future. Um, because I, yeah, I, I just think it's important for us to be speaking about it and, and creating awareness and inspiration and education. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as there's so many retirements yeah. happening now and, you know, the trade workers, the average age is, is way older yeah. than other industries. People start retiring out. That's only getting exacerbated yeah. more. How do we not lose all the the knowledge that has been built over you know decades and, and generations of trades workers as they they start moving yeah. out the industry how, how do we how do we capture some of that that knowledge and, and transfer it down to younger generations coming in i think we're gonna have to work together i really do i think the the older generation and the new generation coming in i think we're going to have to be cognizant of each other and work together. I personally am very lucky that I work with my dad. He's in his 60s now and he's showing no signs of slowing down towards retirement. And that's going to be um, like a resource that I'm always going to, well, I shouldn't say always because you never know, but um, he, he's been a great resource for me. But if we can continue with that, like the older generation keep passing down, it's a two-way street. We've The younger generation has to be um, open and accepting of their knowledge and expertise. Um, it, I, it's mm -hmm. got to, we've got to work together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, so here's one of my, my favorite questions. If I could give you <laughs> all construction power for, uh, you know, a, a day to, to innovate one thing in the construction industry, what would you choose to innovate? <laughs> oh, that's a big one. <laughs> Um, I don't know. How about some kind of way where all of the different trades, mechanical trades could just work together somehow, if you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, I feel like it's always a fight with who's going to go in first and like, who's going to, are the plumbers going to lay their stuff first or the HVAC guys going to lay their stuff first? Are the electricians going to lay? Like, let's just find a way where we can work together where we're not like overlapping on each other. I don't know. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have all power. You can snap Let's those fingers it. and make it happen. So <laughs> I like it. That's a that's a great thing. Collaboration. You know, it's a it seems like such a, a small, easy thing, but it's amazing how that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such a big hurdle. <laughs> Even on a small <laughs> the house. Whole industry like a, around how to make that yeah, happen. Exactly. It's yeah, it's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, how do people find out more information and connect with you? I'm on all the socials. <laughs> I'm HVAC Jess, HVAC Jess. On YouTube, I have the HVAC Diaries. I have a little vlog 
And you can also find me at Women in HVACR Canada. Yes. Nice. Awesome. Final question for you. What does innovation mean to you? <sighs> Moving forward. Moving forward. Innovation. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. Moving forward in any way that that means to you in, in what in industry you're in, in whatever role you're playing, moving forward. Yeah, I like it. I, <laughs> I agree. If you're if you're not moving forward with, you know, progress and, and momentum, then, you know, even just staying put and staying in the same spot is sliding backwards. That's backwards. Exactly. You keep, yeah, keep taking baby steps all the time. Yep. They, those, uh, those 1% incremental improvements make a make a huge difference. Yeah, they add up. Run. They add up real fast. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for, for taking the time and, and coming on and, and putting yourself out there, sharing your stories through social media. I think it's it's awesome and would love to see even more people popping up and, and sharing their stories. I agree. Let's see it all. Let's see all of you guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like it. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. I've said it before and I will continue to preach it. We must do a better job in telling our story to a watching world. The only way to change the perception of the construction industry is by proactively taking hold of the narrative and share what happens in the day-to-day -day world from every facet of the industry. Second take, reaching a younger audience has come up a lot in recent episodes. We are already behind the game if we are only starting the conversation with high schoolers. We need to provide hands-on exposure in a relatable way, even to elementary age kids. Final take, to move the industry forward, we'll take everyone throughout the construction industry working together. That includes different generations, backgrounds, expertise, and perspectives coming to the table and sharing their views and ideas. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2022.